Ed Ewan cutting in here just before we get started. Uh, this is the second part of our conversation that massively overran and we decided to split into two separate episodes. So there's no real intro to this, we just kind of get going and it basically follows directly on from part one, which should already be out. So if you haven't listened to that yet, I would definitely check that out first. But yeah, here we go with the second part of our Game of the Year 2021 discussions. Okay, so after a break, I'm going to talk about a game that I know that you haven't played, uh, but I have, so I, I, I need to talk about this because we've not even talked about it on the podcast either, and that's um, Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker. Um, I was wondering if that was... Yeah, okay, yes. Totally. It's Yeah, I, I, I will try and not take up a lot of time talking about this because there is a lot to say about it, but it is... It is definitely the... The crowning and uh culmination of what that game is and what has happened to that game so if like a game that went from 14 when it initially came out and was slated and was horrible and they took it down and had to like redesign the whole thing from a realm reborn to now which is like 10 years or something like that i think at least yeah uh, um i need to double check that when did the realm reborn come out I'll check. Maybe 13? Okay, yeah. So almost almost 10 years. Four expansions. This is the fifth expansion. Um, the multiple, like, storylines and, like, characters and stuff of that all coming together into Endwalker that they pull off so successfully that it is, like, they, they go from, like, it being this, like, the Final Fantasy level of, like, it's your small group of people like trying to save the world against this giant like mythical entity to like like Marvel Avengers Endgame level stuff where it is like there's a whole big cutscene in that game that is literally just hey do you remember all these people look at all these people coming to help you and it is so effective because it's not it's not the end game thing where it's like, look at all these portals and all of these like distinct shapes coming out of them and being like, oh, I know what that is and all that stuff. It is like real tangible things that you have done storylines with, like side stories and like other things that you've done with people mm-hmm. that then are they're coming to you in this like final moment of the game. And it is a lot more effective. It is so effective when it is like remember like the pirates from like the the Dunscape storyline and all the people from Boja and like all these things that you spent hours doing that now have this like tangible thing is it's so powerful like that cutscene just made me sit and spell the entire time it's sure. unbelievable but then it is like you spend moments of that game doing stuff like going to like Garlemald, which is like the seat of the Empire power, the like the bad guys, and seeing that in like ruin for like various reasons. But like, so you get this real human story of like you going to your enemy and being like, "We want to help you. You're suffering," and then being like, "Yeah, but we don't trust you." It's there are so many like good stories that are being told in this 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 epic final moment that leads to you getting to the last it the. The story goes so fucking crazy to where, like, 
the la- you get to the last area of that game in a spaceship built by like an ancient like a fucking like ancient uh race of people or like helped by an ancient race of people piloted by animate not animate uh like bunny people that were put there by your ancient god and there's so many like facets that sit and go but it ends with you getting on a fucking spaceship powered by the raw essences of all the bosses that you've been killing over four expansions to get to the edge of the universe for you to be able to fight the embodiment of cosmic sorrow <laughs> like it's it is it, crazy like the story goes fucking well and it goes so kingdom hearts that it like you are like i think you're it's talking one the, about like oh yeah sorry you go i think it's one of the crowning achievements of that game that as somebody who only experiences it via you that you can tell me that is the general plot of that expansion and i'm like yeah, yeah. okay like it's sure. a, yeah, it's a, like it's a game that starts with you going like, "Oh God, the end times are coming. We need to stop this," and yeah. ends with you going, "The way that we stop this is by getting on this spaceship and going to the edge of the universe and killing this thing." Is but the idea the idea that the it's game wild? Yeah, like seeing that game when Robert Born came out, or what that game looked like, and you look at it as somebody who's not trained in this stuff and be like, "Okay, yeah, that looks like an MMO. That looks like a fucking Final Fantasy." MMO, sure, okay, fine. And then fast forward to 2021 and you're like, oh yeah, and also there's spaceships and stuff like that. Yeah. And you're like, I could see how that game would do a spaceship. So they, sure. There are there are there are things that have happened in earlier parts of Final Fantasy XIV. Like there's a whole there's a whole ancient race that are all like super high tech and stuff like that. And you like fight remnants of that. Like you fight robots and you fight Thing, animate things that would be impressive with like laser guns and stuff like that but they never talk about like space travel and mm. they go from their they go from everybody being like shit we need to worry about Eorzea and like Aeriths which is the planet to very quickly being like oh yeah we could get on this spaceship and go to the edge of the universe and it's like explained and it makes sense and you're like yeah you're right you just kind of go yeah sure that would work yeah totally like why would you not do that but even even um, visually it seems consistent like it 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 doesn't it doesn't feel like they it doesn't feel like they've just crammed a bunch of new genres into this original thing like it feels like a consistent part of that world where you're like okay yeah that's a final fantasy 13, uh, 14 spaceship yeah okay fine yeah like it yeah it 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 just seems it's it's so crazy yeah. and it ends so well like it goes from like it it does the like emotional whiplash thing of like it goes from like total tragic sadness to like amazing high emotion thing in that final fight or the second to final fight mm-hmm. and it but it does it in like the most like fucking weird ass kingdom hearts jrpg way where it's like through the entirety of Endwalker, you're doing like you're talking about people's like souls and like what it means to like have like have meaning and like family and like what the power of the heart and all that stuff to like time traveling, which is like a Kingdom Hearts thing. You do that, yep. you you hit all the major points, and then like in the the fight against the like ultimate cosmic horror, which isn't even the final fight of the game, you get saved by all of your friends 
praying and believing in you enough to create That's the like a kind of hearts shield. ass thing yeah. it's the most kind of hearts ass shit but it's so good like the, the when you fight that thing at first and you see that cutscene of like all the the scions back at home base like doing their prayer thing it's unbelievably good like it's so it gets you so excited and yeah it's brilliant it's so cool um but like at, at like a base level stuff it, like the all the new dungeons are super well designed. The new trial fights are really, really good. Um, I did the, I did both of the harder versions of both trial fights, and they are like it, it, it's staggering to me that five expansions in, they can still keep coming up with really unique mechanics. Mm. But they do, and it is like stuff that, like I, I have, I, I am good at raiding. Like I've done it enough in my life where I sure. am. I am, I am a solid raider and I understand mechanics and stuff like that. So most stuff doesn't really phase me where they're like, they explain stuff and I'm like, cool, I understand what that mechanic is, it's fine. There are mechanics in these new fights that make my brain hurt. And I was like, it, it, it's like, I, my brain just didn't get it. Like, it was just like, there, there's one fight where it's like, you have, you have crystals and you have light waves coming in and when they touch the crystal, they explode. And you have to hide behind one of the other crystals in a specific way. Like, you kind of have to line of sight the crystal. And my brain just could not get it. Like, I was either standing too far out or I wasn't standing in the right place. I was like, it's weird that I can do this. Having done all of the other stuff that I've done in Final Fantasy XIV and still get tripped up by mechanics like this. Sure. Like, they are so good at designing stuff like that. Um... Yeah, it's unreal. And then you get into, like, the, the new Raid series that came out, like, two weeks ago, which is, like... So the Raid series are, like, devoid of the main story. They're their own, like, side story. Really, really cool, interesting sort of side story. And again, all the fights are, like... There's no... Well, there are unique mechanics, but it is, like... It's mechanics that you would be familiar with, but they present them in different ways. Right. Where you're, like... I like I no idea like there are fights the harder versions of these fights come out tomorrow at time of recording and there is stuff in there that is like I you know, the harder version of that is gonna fucking suck yeah it's like like you, the, the second fight in that raid series is like a big dragon thing with two heads but the one of the heads is like independent of the other one and it does this move where it it cleaves the arena so it hits one half of the arena but the other head is facing an opposite direction, so it's doing it two at once. Mm. And each head is doing it in a different shape. So one is doing like a, a rectangle half of the arena and the other is doing a cone. So you have two very specific parts where you can stand and you have to be able to... It's unreal that you have to be able to like look at the boss, look at where the two things are heading and being like, which one of the halves of these arena is safe and which corner can I stand in? Yeah. Like, the positional stuff is normal in a raid, but they're taking it and twisting it in such a way that is like, yeah, I've never seen anything like that before. Like that's interesting and new. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- yeah, I think it's a, it's crazy. I think a big part as well of this, the story of this game has been, especially this year, has been like the 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 non-game part of that game, right? Like the community stuff around it has also been super interesting. Where they've been dealing yeah, with yeah. the the wow influx of people and how they're doubling down on and like making a lot of very commendable and correct decisions where it's like saying to the wow people hey this is a different game you fucking play by our rules or you leave like is a very non like you would not expect well if you you didn't know 
the history of that game you would not expect them to do that they'd be like yeah we've got more people sure we'll make changes to to make well, it easier for white people to get in right yeah yeah the the yeah the the people behind or like the the the, the community is different to like the the designers right like sorry the yes designers I, have like, yeah. they've they've designed their thing where they're like this is this is how this game works and people mm-hmm. learn how to play that game the the things that the designers have done that ease that are like when the servers and stuff were getting overpopulated, they were like, okay, we're going to stop selling the game, we're going to stop letting people make new characters while this influx gets moved through the system, mm-hmm. and then open it back up again, which they had to do again at the end of the start of Endwalker, yes. where it was like, two ever queues or whatever to get logged in and stuff that was like, okay, we're going to stop people buying this thing, and we're going to let, eventually this is all going to smooth out, and then the game will start, and it has now, it's like, it's gotten to a flat rate at this point. Mm-hmm. Um... So yeah, they're they're doing the right thing, and the community is doing the what the Final Fantasy community does, which is like the Final Fantasy community is still one of the best communities online. Like yeah. they are infinitely willing to like help people and be kind, and like they're not they're they're not the World of Warcraft community, which is like fuck everyone. Like that's yeah. the kind of like the general WoW consensus is like ah oh, fuck this if you're bad, but. Final Fantasy people are a lot more willing to be patient and teach people things and be kind and like let things happen, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a big thing that a lot of the WoW people like about fourteen is that it's a completely different sort of environment as mm-hmm. opposed to the WoW thing that's just all look at number and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Endwalker is just it is a a triumphant conclusion to a thing that has been building for several several years that. It's 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 unbelievably how well they pulled it off. Like yeah. it, it's they 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 hit it both with with an amazing amount of skill and amazing amount of willingness to just go absolutely crazy with it, um, because they know exactly how to handle it and have it make sense, mm-hmm. um, while being a lot of like servicing the people that have played a lot of the game with all of like the special fan service moments of like remember this remember this totally. it is is, is a, a fantastic conclusion to that specific arc of the game yeah. and i don't know how they do it from here because like a lot of the stuff that people were expecting happened in the like the the they expected like stuff to happen throughout Endwalker, and then in the last patch of Endwalker to be like the last fight to be the big bad god that we've been like chasing for five expansions. That is the 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 harbinger of the apocalypse. But like, you just you just fight him. Like he's the first trial. Like he's not even the he he happens in like the first like ten hours of the game, and the game's like thirty hours long. So like. I don't know what happens from here, but I'm excited right. to see it. Oh, totally. Like, yeah, it yeah. is, yeah. It's, it's yeah, an amazingly well-pulled-off thing. Like, Endwalker is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And I'm so excited to just, like, just see where it goes. And, like, there's a whole... There's two more raid tiers to come out, and there's, like, a whole Alliance raid series to come out. There's still more content to come that is going to be interesting. Yeah um yeah like yeah just even just watching it from the outside it it seems like a very unique thing in especially in this in this genre to be where everyone is kind of on board to just have fun with it as opposed to like the things you see with a lot of um 
with a lot of communities of this type where it's just like even the even the stuff like around the endwalker launch like i a, a large a chunk of my twitter follows are also final fantasy 14 players and there's i mean i'll i don't follow arseholes so that probably explains a chunk of it but a lot of it was like hey here's the like screenshots of like the i'm 2000th in the queue to get in today or like there was, there was yeah. a tweet i saw a couple of days ago that was like yeah my game crashed and i'm now in a thousand person queue but it wasn't there wasn't like animus behind it it was just like no, oh well yeah like everyone's trying it, their best you know yeah it, it is kind of annoying but like the 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 stuff to do with like the queue times and stuff like that they did the 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 developers did the best that they could do which is just like they put out a statement being like yeah there's a lot of people playing there's going to be queues this that like we're trying our best but this is something that you can't deal with it's not like you're and they talked specifically being like yeah like getting server infrastructure these days is really hard because you can't buy stuff um so we're trying our best here's a list of like all the errors that you can get while logging in and here's how like here's what it means here's the source of the problem and here's what it means for you because the one that you got the most was this um 2002 error which is just like a like a desync between you and the login server Mm. where they were like so a bunch of people were like oh shit i got 202 and like all that stuff but they came out with a statement being like look 202 is a very specific error it's not your fault and it's not our fault. It's just like a random like unsync between the server that means you get booted out. If you log back in within two minutes of you getting 202, you won't lose your place in the queue. It's fine. Just like, Oh, nice. Okay. They're very reassuring of being like, yes, you will move through this queue. It's fine. We'll move through the system. And yeah, it wasn't, there was not a lot of, yeah, there was upset. Like we were all upset about it. Of because course. We couldn't play the game we wanted to play, but there was no malice. Like, but it yeah, wasn't, like... there's a massive difference between upset and like the kind of, the kind of stuff you would see on a reddit of like of wow stuff or even destiny to to extent as well of just like mm. animosity towards the people who made mm-hmm. the thing like that that's, that just didn't seem to be there which is yeah. excellent even, like, even when, they, what you when they announced when they announced that the the thing was getting delayed by two weeks yeah people yeah were totally upset, that was a that was a key wasn't, part of that wasn't a lot of animosity they were just like yep yeah, we understand like you want to make this as best as you can and we yep. want to play it at its best so you guys take the time you need yeah, yeah it was like, annoying because like people had to like swap around days they got off and like yeah, that, sometimes yeah. they couldn't do that and like all that stuff but there was no real malicious hatred for anybody that was making the game at that point yeah totally it, it's such a, it's, it's such a nice thing to see um especially this year yeah it's yeah cool. um really am i am i counting right and you've got one more game or uh yes but it's a bit probably something that you've played as well and is okay. maybe on your list but i don't okay. know Oh, I've done my list. That was my five. Oh, your list is done. Wow, okay, sure. Uh, right, sure. Let's talk about Inscription. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So, Inscription not being on my list was something we're going to have to talk about. But yeah, Inscription yeah, sure. is... Yeah. I, 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 I can understand why it's not on your list because I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah. But um, Inscription is... Inscription absolutely blew me out of the water. Like, yeah. it was... I had no idea what the fuck that thing was. And when you were like we're going to record this video. Don't look at anything about this game. Just sit down and play it and we'll record you playing it. I, zero idea what yep. to think of going in. Then when I got in it, I got it. Like I got it instantly. Um, and was like, okay, I know why you've made me do this. Like I understand this now. It was, and, it was one of my favorite videos we did this year because it, oh yeah, for sure. It yeah. was, 
it was a really great insight into watching someone who has played as many card games as you watch the thought process of like here's what this means and here's what this is and this is from this game this is from this game and here's how we yeah. pull this stuff together which is why as that game progressed and i saw more of what that game actually was you're like oh you're this is a hundred percent your jam like as yeah. they just fuck with so this that, game constantly when when you look at that game initially in act one it is a very very well designed roguelike deck building game yeah it's very clear that the people who made that game in act one knew a lot about card games they were yes. taking a lot of mechanics from different things like i said in the video like that life counter is like very similar to how mana works in the digimon tcg yeah. it has the sacrifice sort of mechanic that how Yu-Gi-Oh works like it has the 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 like outside the game items that you can use that mm -hmm. are similar to like the sort of thing that you could pull off in um fuck what's that game called i can't remember the like other like online tcgs that have this sort of like thing like outside mechanics that you can bring into the game sure um and it, it it's very clear that the people playing that that designed that game know card games and no deck builders and mm -hmm. no the history of card games and where things came from and like what this means and like all that stuff and they're taking like the card mechanics from magic where it's like power and toughness and it's and it, and but they still do their own thing with it where it's like the lanes mechanic where you play the cards in the different lanes is not something that I've, i saw it once it was in the the elder scrolls card game that had lanes oh, but it was right. like a specific thing yeah, yeah, yeah. but they they never did it like that which is a very unique thing and i saw it and was like that's a cool idea because it is like limiting board space but then you're also like seeing what the other person's playing because you're playing against the ai so you're seeing so you can react to what they're doing it, mm. very 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 clever design of that specific part that then gets layered on top of it with this escape room style weird eerie interact with the 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 cabin sort of thing yeah um and they they do that very successfully where there is a lot of like hidden stuff where like i could talk to you about the, the stuff in the description you were like i i didn't see that like i have yep, no idea totally. like the the thing that when i was talking when i bolted through that game and was the, we were talking about act one and you were like i don't know how you ever beat act one and i was like the only way that i was able to do it is with the totem mechanic and getting yep. the squirrel head out of the drawer yep because totally. it meant that your your free draw stuff has a lot more impact, which is usually the thing that propels you in a card yes. game. It's all about tempo. So I and you were I, like, and you were like, I've never seen a squirrel head. What are you talking about? So it, it was that final cabinet, the final puzzle cabinet. Yeah, it was which the I last just, drawer. I, yeah. yeah, and I was like, I couldn't, like, my brain couldn't comprehend what needed to happen there. And I just looked up the thing and got. I was like, oh, and as soon as I saw the squirrel head, I was like, oh fuck, this totally changes. Yeah, your entire. Yeah, and I think I think the thing for me as well was because I was watching the 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 Waypoint guys play through this as well after as I was playing through it, and when they talked about it, their end of year thing was like once they had realised that in order to beat that game, you need to stop playing the game, you need to just try and break the game, like yeah. when that's the yeah, focus, yeah. and it was like oh that makes so much more sense because I would just be like because I was still trying to adhere to the rules of the and think within the box of the rules of the game yeah and be like okay how the fuck do you get and then when they're just like no you just make the wildest fucking cards you possibly so, and like the idea of like like the way i ended up beating that game 
was just like i had a couple of cards that were doing like twin attack sevens and you're just like if you can get that card out there you just stomp everything yep Mm -hmm. and you're just like and it felt it is the it is the way that a lot of people especially if you're like a seasoned card game player Mm -hmm. when you encounter a situation that is like you versus a computer you're Mm -hmm. not playing against another human Human. yeah you know that the people that design it don't have to balance it like an actual card game yeah so you can they can let you do broken shit because it doesn't matter so the second that you realize that and you're like oh right the way you beat this is just by completely like making the most busted shit you possibly can Mm -hmm. and that's what works like usually we're like when i talk to people about it like the way that people beat that game a lot of the time is like oh yeah i had like my entire deck was just flyers yeah. or like uh-huh. i had i had like four like triple attack things that had like four atta- four damage so it's hitting for 16 a turn and stuff yeah. like that and it was all it's all how broken can you make this deck and how f- efficient can you make it to get to the busted stuff because the way i did it was I had, like, a bunch of, like, triple attack things that all had a lot of attack, but I also had the, the squirrel totem that said I can sack a squirrel for three blood as opposed yeah, to one. Yeah, I, I never so ended just, up getting that, so, yeah. So you just, like, power out your really expensive, powerful shit really fast, and that meant that that deck just won on turn one, yep. like, nearly every game it played. Because yep. totally. it was just like, okay, turn one, I'm going to play these two, three attack things, and then you're dead, and then that's it. So I, I guess Which something similar where... doesn't sound fun, but any a single player card game that is the enjoyment of being like how fucking busted can i make this and it is that's what that is which is wild um, that like that ethos like narratively works as well like as you go further yeah. through that game where like that whole game is about like fucking with the rules of the game right that like that is yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. point of that thing so that's so, the, that yeah the, yeah so like when you're doing that- um yeah so the reason why it didn't make it for me is like that act that that act one like almost like i almost stopped with that game right because that act one thing was just like that original game was like it just it just felt unfair like the roguelike Mm -hmm. mechanic of it originally felt very it was like how because because your because your deck keeps getting reset you can't do the thing that you do with a traditional TCG where you're like, okay, I've learned from hours of experience with this thing. I can now put together a deck that I know how to beat a bunch of things. Like so much of it was just chance about what you're going to get and how you're going to get it. And it, it just, it felt, and the further I got where you're like, okay, once I'd beaten, because the first big hurdle for me was like the, the fisherman. And like, once you beat the yeah. fisherman and you're like, okay, right i've got this now i think i know what's happening and then they throw the the trapper boss at you who's just like yeah oh fuck you oh fuck you oh like every stage of that just gets progressively more fuck you and then the final thing where you're just like it just felt insane it just felt like it felt so incredibly unfair and especially in a mechanic where like a run of that game we kind of end up with something like, which is one of the issues with with something like um, Returnal, which I'll talk about in a, in a little bit, which is like, a run of that game is long in Act 1. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like, to go from start yeah. to finish. And especially when you do stuff like the, like the second or third phase of the Trapper, where, like, if you get a bad roll, or he gets a good roll, like, you don't really get a chance to do much before you're just wiped and start again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like, the... the and you see it when you go to Act Three of that game, where 
they make changes to the mechanics that directly stop that from happening right where like because they've got checkpoints in there you're like okay if i fucked yeah, up that fo- yeah. that fight you're not too far away from where you were before and it was yeah. just like it just it that bit for me felt just like it felt too punishing until you get mm-hmm. to the point where you're like okay it it wasn't so much about like i thought the way to be that thing was just pure understanding and learn and like combination oh which, right yeah which like yeah. when you when you look at the video that when we did that video the way you were talking about it was like oh i know this rule i know this rule i know how these two rules interact because traditionally those games are about like getting your deck to the get a bunch of interactions between different cards in a way that that is beneficial Mm -hmm. so i was like my brain can't comprehend all of these rules at once to and i was i was sitting like looking at the thing okay i need to go here because i need to get a card that does this so that this will interact and then once you realize and i think it was the squirrel head moment where you're like, oh, they just want you to just fucking break this. Like, they want yeah, you to yeah, actively yeah, yeah. break the thing. That was the moment where I started actually making progress again and actually seeing stuff. Um, and it's just, it was, like, Act 1 just felt a little too long for me. It was, um, yeah. Like, I, I can yeah. I can totally understand that because it is, like, a... It's, it's a card game understanding yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, that is... What, totally. I, I totally get that. Like, I don't... I don't begrudge anybody being like, yeah, I bounced off Act One or whatever. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. I don't know if I feel as strong as I do because I'm a card game player. Because yeah, it's totally. like, so all the all the stuff that I'm talking about is all just Act One, right? Yeah. Like it's all. Oh yeah, totally. When you when you break out of Act One, yeah, and that game, that game like shows its hand to you as opposed to like to show you what it is, like what that game yeah. actually is, which is like this weird narrative mystery game that has a like card game element behind it yeah um it 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 was so because it went from people that like i were like oh yeah you understand card games and you know what you're doing here to being like oh no you're the pony island people like you're you're pulling the rug out from under people like at every given opportunity which is exactly what they did yes but at the same time they are they're taking their they're taking their understanding of card games and kind of like presenting it to you as a almost like a timeline style history of card games yeah where it is like you get out of act one into act two and it goes back to like base like base level of like this is like magic the gathering like yeah. chandelier like this is like that game where there it are has four like, elements there are yeah yeah and it start and it starts introducing those those kind of mechanics where it's like there are there are tribes and there are card identities being like meaning meaning like if i have a tribe card it has a unique mechanic that is unique to that thing mm-hmm. so if i have like a a wizard card the wizard cards deal with the colors of mana mm-hmm. but if i have a mechanical card it deals with that like weird battery row thing yeah so it has like color identity and stuff like that which is a very magic the gathering thing mm-hmm. and has the it still has the sacrifice mechanic and it's dealing with mana but it has this like color identity thing but then it progresses from that and throughout the entire thing you're getting these little like hints to the wider story that are like everywhere and like hidden in little bits and so you go through that and then you get to act three where it takes a step again and starts presenting card games like card games are now where Mm -hmm. it is online style tcgs where it is like you are gaining like 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 mana and stuff has been smoothed out you're like gaining mana a turn you can like you have 
unique mechanics that deal with it more like it being a video game. So you get stuff in the third act that's like the sniper bot that can hit any lane at once. Right. Yep. Where it's like that sort of mechanic really only works when you're doing it as a game because you have to like point it at a specific lane and stuff. It's it is doing this like slow walk through card games as they progressively go through history mm. and it is absolutely fascinating to see how they take those ideas and develop them over the courses of the acts yep. to mirror what's going on in the game it's it's so it, it, it's just such a, a cool little moment of like it's more than act one for them to be able to show that they understand card games and it yeah. is it, it's so great to sit and see and then you get to the you get to the fourth act which is like mental where <sighs> god and it's yeah. not even the fourth act isn't even that long no. but it is like the the best thing and it is this it is the thing that made people that like the card game players that i know yeah go crazy the most yeah where they present like quote unquote the future of what card games are and it's yep. fucking Yu-Gi-Oh. yep it's it's the Dude. it's the dual disc it's the holographic it's the holographic characters it's the dual disc it's like the 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 arena with everything around it and you're like in like maybe 10 years you could get to card games looking like that where when, it's like physical but everything's ar and it's when that guy popped a jewel disc yeah and it popped and out they just fucking, I... they just fucking call it a jewel disc yeah they, they just don't say it's a jewel yep. disc yep and, and it's, it's like, like I, I went insane at that point it yep. was so clever I it lost was that was my the shit. moment that clicked for me being like no they're showing you how card games are progressing throughout history like it yeah. is this through line thing and they got to that and i was like that's that of course like that is of course what they think the future of card games is of course it's Yu-Gi-Oh, because Yu-Gi-Oh is such fucking futuristic bullshit that they might as well like they could, it could only have been better if they went proper Yu-Gi-Oh with it and everybody was like on a motorbike like right. that was yep. like they could have went that way but no they, they did it in the clever way which is like almost tangible which is like oh yeah you'll get to like card games where it's all holographic and stuff like that yeah. eventually like that's and it, it's, it's a game it's so smart the game does everything so well it's such a well designed like the the thing that excites me the most is i saw a thing from the the developers that was like they're promoting this um mod for it which is Mm. it's a game that when you the mod says that when you get to the end of the game you can then just start playing act one again as a roguelike with a progressive difficulty and all that sort of stuff and i was like that's the one thing that i would have said against this game where it was Mm -hmm. like when I finished it, all I wanted to do was go back and keep playing Act 1 stuff again. Like, which is not... I do, I'm not denigrating Act 2 and 3 for that. I think Act 2 and 3 are great. They're really cool and unique. They maybe drag on a bit, but they are cool and unique and they serve a purpose, especially when you're telling the story of that um, Luke Carter guy. Yes. Like, the, the super hidden stuff that's in there. Useful for that, but what I wanted to be able to do is like, yeah, but I kind of want the roguelike back. Like, I want the Act 1 stuff back. And they're doing that. They're promoting this mod that is getting made, which yes. is fantastic, which then means that game is just, like, really tie that thing off with a bow. Yeah. Um, it's it's also, like, even just technically, like, this is so that, like, between, like, the progression from Pony Island to the Hex to this, like, yeah. the, that ge- those games have always been, like, it's... because of the way that game looks it would be very very easy to underestimate the amount of work that's gone into building that thing right because because not only because like especially like pulling island is essentially like a bunch of mini games and you're like okay like 
we've seen stuff like that before it's fine and then with the hex it's like it's slightly it's like four or five larger games but they're still all 2d and they're very kind of like traditional stuff like they built essentially like four separate card games and like four like two and a half to three different like interaction stuff between act one and act three and then like built a whole 2d section for act two and like and then on top of all of that like you've got to build a card game that works like a card game that is like balanced and doesn't have like that well it doesn't doesn't strictly be balanced but but it needs to behave right it needs needs to behave yeah it needs to not break instantly yeah exactly which is that yeah Uh, and all of all these mechanics that all work together and like like building like as somebody who went through the logistical steps of like okay how do i how would i build a card game like a, a digital card game right yeah and it was like okay once you start mapping out how you would actually go about doing this, like it's fucking wild that any of these things come out when you're dealing yeah, with totally, like, yeah, totally, especially when you've got something like, because I mean we've had conversations before about the 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 magic digital the digital version of magic, right? Where yeah. you're like, mm-hmm. they're building, they're having to encode rules that of a of a real card game that you can that that you can deal with as a human being right like two human yeah, be- yeah, the two yeah. people who are there can look at the rules and go here's how this plays out and then you have to encode that in code and you're like that's that is a well, wild the, the, thing the, the thing specifically about magic is that like it's it's better when it's online because magic has so many rules that go so many layers deep yeah. that it is sometimes hard to figure out as a human yes being totally. like if i do this while this is here what's the actual interaction yeah. The, the game just does it so yeah it's really really hard to code a card game with specific interactions that bounce off each other like yeah. that's been well known that yeah yeah and in terms of like the act structure like because of my experience with act one i'm gl- like act two and three like i didn't really have any trouble getting through them like they're they're not no, designed because they, they, they are way they, easier than act one is yeah, yeah. and they've, they've done the thing they wanted to do with act one which is like here's a real ass card game that they, that you have to try and yeah. break like they've they've they very smartly went okay you've solved that problem we're now giving you other stuff here because yeah. like, if act we're now we're now giving you like story beats and yes. like hidden mystery stuff that's all around it, like if and, act yeah. three had been the same kind of difficulty level is act one like i again i probably wouldn't have finished that game but like they make enough changes to be like we want you to see more of this and again like watching the waypoint guys go through it like there's a bunch of stuff in two and three that i just didn't fucking see like i didn't see a lot of story stuff in there that i actually need to go back and read a lot of the extra story stuff in there and because i didn't see it because i wanted to get through and and see the stuff they were actually showing me And and i got enough out of that that i wasn't disappointed it was like, oh, they've hidden a lot of stuff in here. Oh yeah, there's, a, a, there's so much hidden stuff in that yeah. game that it is a it is a hell of an achievement, and it and really they like is... they're 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 supplementing it with this like ARG thing that has yeah the ARG I need to go that, read up on as well. I haven't even that seen takes that stuff. The, that takes the the stuff that you can find in the hidden game and spins it out and like gives you the background and stuff like that. Yeah. It is it's unbelievable what they managed to pull off in that thing. Like yeah. it is so and and do it so well like inscription for, really really blew me away like for, for, for a game that had exactly one trailer that was shown at like a yeah an e3 or something like that which was like and it's just just the act one stuff and it's like oh cool the pony island people are making a card game that's going to be interesting and that was it yeah and then just hearing yeah, people yeah. go doing the thing that i love in in this medium where you just 
you just have people putting it in front of you and going like you should just play this and just yeah. walking away it was, yeah. is i right. like i i message you being like nah there's there's more to this like yeah. you need to keep going with this like yeah. it is yeah and it, yeah like you, you when, once you get past that one and you see all the stuff that's in two and three and then the ending and stuff like that is like yeah yeah it, it's, it's unreal that's wild it's so so good yeah. yeah um was that your last i only have four games right yeah down that's for it you. that's it what was it? Was it uh, Edwalker, Death Door, Monster Hunter, Inscription? Oh yeah, we didn't talk. We didn't talk. We can talk very quickly about this because we talked about it a lot in the podcast and stuff like that. But um, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Oh sure, yes, one. yeah. Um, again, don't need to talk about it a lot. You can go and listen to the podcast and stuff like that. But that game is just a really good video game. Like yeah, it is. Just, totally. It's not trying to be anything other than a good video game. It's a game that like plays really well, looks fantastic, uses the the playstation 5 motion thing the the rumble i can never remember what it's yeah. called but does that in really cool ways that like help your immersion some brilliant moments in that like specifically you wrote down the the fixer the fixer fight yeah the fixer real thing so like the the bit at the end of the monolith gulf where the ancient robot wakes up and starts breaking all of the mines yes and you're like doing the skating thing across the mines but the the robot is like breaking stuff in front of you so your road is changing at all times and yeah. it's this it's this amazing like one massive robot that is interacting with this huge map yeah. and it's like there are there there as far as i could tell there's like not a lot of like tricks or anything like that yeah. it's just doing it and the game handles it and there's like no hitching and it's it, it was so impressive to see what they managed to pull like, off with that we've thing. Seen like that, we've seen that particular sequence in other games of this type. In fact, in other Ratchet & Clank games of this type, where it's mm-hmm. like the long rail, rail ride stuff. But like, yeah. the amount of fidelity and the stuff that they can do... It, it, it's always the thing that I, that was going to be interesting with this generation, is like, they've, they've raised the, the head on... They've given, you, they've given people a lot more room to work with, right? Especially when you're dealing with like the SSD speed of for loading they've basically just it's not about like sheer power even though those machines are really really powerful it is oh, yeah, about yeah. giving you giving developers space to work that we'd start yeah because limits you, on when you hear when you heard devs talk about um developing stuff for like especially like ps3 and ps4 and stuff like that i yeah. seem to hear a lot more but it was like no we are hitting the physical limitation of this machine yes. like we we know we can't do more than what we're trying so then with the new machine being given this a lot more space, especially with like SSDs and stuff like that, yes. where they can get fast loading times and stuff, gives them more space to do really massive, grand scale stuff like yeah. this. Like, the, like one of the big one of the big reveals as well. Like when, when both consoles came out, were announced, and it was like, yeah, the big thing we're doing is like SSDs to eliminate loading. Like they both said that, yeah. and you're like, initially the the initial reaction is like, that seems like a weird thing for them to like double and triple down on and come out the gate like storage is like the least sexy thing they could be talking about right but then once yeah. you get into ratchet and clank or, or a game like ratchet and clank where you realize that like the, the, there was a conversation that they when the ps5 got announced um it was one of the technical conversations they had was about the the new spider-man the miles morales spider-man game yeah you're like, yeah, yeah. I, i'd watched the gdc talk from one of the guys who did the one of the developers on the first spider-man game the ps4 one that was like like so much work has to go into that to make that thing one fit on a disc and mm. two like load stream out the assets in the right way that makes it feel like that's one gigantic city that's always running and yeah, for sure. like a lot of that gets solved 
or is made easier like by stuff like PS5. And when you, when you see the Ratchet and Clank stuff, when I restarted Ratchet and Clank to get the last couple of achievements in that game, last couple of trophies in that game, there was a moment I realized exactly what was happening where like the, the opening section with the the um the preset the fair procession thing with all the balloons when oh yeah, st- yeah, yeah yeah when you start falling through the portals to all these different worlds like when you first start that game you're like oh this is this is a cool trick that they're doing but they're loading in different little chunks of this level yeah, or, yeah. The, or the, of these things to do that's really really cool there's a section later in that game i think it's a boss fight where you do something similar where you fall through a bunch of portals the thing that really triggered for me was when they they you fall through one of the portals and the ui on my screen um triggered like a objective marker like hey here's this objective you haven't done oh yet yeah this thing world. you need to do on this planet yeah. yeah and you're like oh they're actually they're, they're actually loading, loading the world, in chunks yeah. of this other thing like which is such a minor thing and like in terms of gameplay is like it's actually probably a bug but like it showed the under the underpinnings of, of this whole thing was like they're fucking doing the thing yeah. that previous generations have had to smoke and mirror so hard to get to even yeah, vaguely yeah. work um they're just able to do it now and it's so interesting and it, the, the advantage is that you don't need well that's not true like fucking games are still horrendously difficult to make but if of you course, can do, yeah. if you can do stuff like that it means that the higher end or, or the stuff that you would normally need to be like a first party sony studio to be able to pull off is now within grasps of smaller studios right where like mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm, don't mm-hmm. need to worry about the same kind of level of like hard streaming tech that is very very difficult yeah. if you could just load the thing and it works it means we might see more complicated games coming from smaller studios which is yeah just excellent right that's you get thing, yeah you, you get you to see, see the people the people that the, the smaller teams that get a lot more creatively ambitious yes with more power because you don't need to worry about such a fascinating idea yeah. yeah like the idea that like more people could do bethesda style games is just is, is a really yeah, cool great. idea I'm sure um or like, again, or like yeah what what happens in that sort of game when you load the whole world all at once like yeah. how does that or large like, chunks of yeah. it or like, large chunks of it like because like the closest thing you got was like um when you listen to the watch the no clip doc from for outer wilds which is like mm. no they in order for that game to physically exist and do the things that it does they need to be running that whole all six of those planets at all times yeah and like yeah. the nightmare that that must have been um it lets you do stuff like that better and even the small stuff like technically in that game like the one of the things i wrote down was like the when you get onto the the first or the second planet and you're like hey you need to go to the nightclub and how do you find the nightclub when there's no um signpost oh yeah. Yeah, yeah oh yeah like the bass from the nightclub is coming through the controller yeah you vibration can feel the bass. and you can feel yeah. it directionally and that was that moment where i was just like this is fucking that yeah it was just wild it, seeing it, that it, happen it's like it's both it's both incredibly accurate and incredibly reductive, which I've heard people say that it's like Ratchet and Clank is like the best tech demo for the stuff the PS5 can do really well. But it is where like, but it it, it totally is, but it is very reductive because it's an amazing game in its own right. Yeah. But it is it's so good at showing off the the stuff that the PS5 can do. Yes. And it is yeah it's it's and it's really and at the end of the day, it's just really fun. Yes. Like it's, really it's also fun a really fun video game. game to just sit and play. Yeah. And it's like really well acted and it looks great and the writing's really like endearing and snappy and funny and like yep. it 
it has heart and stuff. Like it is way, way more than just hey, we put a Ratchet Clank game on the PS5. Like yeah. it's it's so and much it's, more than that. And yeah, it's, it's great. It's weirdly enough, is is a thing I saw from a couple of games this year, like this and um, Resident Evil. Actually, it was like I like seeing more games coming out that it feels like the developers want you to actually finish it. Like it feels like yeah. they want you to see because like that's the first game in a long time i've platinumed like all the all the mm-hmm. all the all the the trophies are like gettable and especially when you get when you finish that game and you do enough of the the exploration stuff where you're like hey how about unlimited ammo and you're like oh because because it would be very easy for you to make it where like once you get the unlimited ammo perk for it to disable trophies like that seems like yeah. a thing that you've seen before where you're like you can only get this trophy if you're not doing new game plus or whatever it is but they're like no like hey get the trophies who fucking cares like it yeah, does yeah, not yeah. matter like trophies don't matter. mean anything anyway just go do the thing um and especially in a, in a in another year where the fucking difficulty discourse kept coming up again it felt like this was the year this was definitely the year where the majority of people were like who fucking cares like it does not yeah. matter like let people do the um do what they want do what they want with games like uh, we haven't talked about Guardians of the Galaxy yet because it's a weird thing to bring in here, but like when you start that game, um, it's got like a easy, medium, hard style. They're not called easy, medium, hard, but that's basically what they are. Um, and then once you select one of them, it takes you to a second page, which is like, here's a whole bunch of settings, like mm. of, of like really detailed settings. Like you can just turn all of these off or on or turn stuff up and turn stuff down. Like, you can play that game however you want to play that game like it's and that's that's what it should be like right like yeah i I started xcom 2 again over christmas and was like cool every time i start that game now i turn on like longer mission timers and longer advent time timers and everything else stays off and you're like because that's that's the way i have fun in that game right because that game is super punishing with those two regards but it's like that's not why i'm here i'm not here for this bit i'm here for the rest of it so i can turn that up and it's fine like who the fuck cares if i make that yeah, who bit? cares yeah right it's it's yeah so yeah having ratchet and clank be a game that feels like it wants you to finish is is yeah super interesting right. it's great um cool so that was our games um there's a I was going to say before, if you want to move on, before we move on to like uh, user and do you have any like honorable mentions that you just want to like quickly shout out? Kind of, yeah. Like I, I feel like Gar- like I started Guardians like three days ago before we started recording this, and I feel like the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, further yeah. it goes into it, the more it would have appeared more in these categories had I got to it earlier. Um, but that game is that game is super cool. That game is a a telltale game with totally competent combat and. Yeah it's just super good it's way way better than it has any right to be as a marvel tie-in game from the deus ex studio like deus ex people yeah oh, it's fucking wild it's it's yeah i i i fully intend on playing that game once you're done with it yeah, you should I, it's, I, it's I, I i will probably get a lot of it being like a comic book nerd so oh, yeah totally be able like, to like see stuff but yeah, yeah there's it's, a lot of super cool and interesting everybody that i've seen playing it has always been like yeah this thing's like way better than yeah. that i thought it was gonna be like it's yeah and like there was a, a character appeared last night um as we were playing it we're like wait they're in this and they're like a central yeah. th- oh okay and 
yeah, it's just it's yeah, it's super super good. Um, I'm just looking through the other my other list of games that was here. Overboard is a really good like if you want a cool three hour murder mystery on a boat. Murder mystery game, yeah, super good. Again, one of the moments I wrote down here is like so it's it, it's a murder mystery on a boat that is done purely and again another time loop game for this year. Yeah, yeah but yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have to basically you've murdered someone and you have to get away with the murder by the time you dock in New York and one of the things you can do very quickly is like once you once you've looped a couple of times you're like okay you figured out what's going on here you just jump off the ship and they've written a whole bunch of dialogue for like yeah she jumped off the ship and killed herself and you're like that was weird I wonder what happened and then they find the bo-. like the fact that they've not only thought about that the fact that they've yeah. known that people are going to do it is just is super cool um i also say the forgotten city is really good it wasn't enough to make it into my my five but the forgotten city is such an interesting thing which is the, the that's the game that's like a, it was a skyrim mod and then yeah blown out into a, into a full game yeah i'll specifically say like because there's a lot of really good bits of that thing but the one that made me fucking laugh out loud there's a final reveal in that game so there's like multiple endings to that game yeah but, yeah the, the the there's a consistent as far as i can tell there's like a consistent moment in every ending where so that game starts with you waking up next to a river um with this woman who um is uh who's who's woken you up it's like hey i fished you at the river like are you all right and she introduces herself and it's like hey yeah my name's karen don't make the joke blah 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 like all of that kind of stuff is, is is there. It's like, hey, your friend's in this. Your friend ran off to the ruins. You don't have any memory of any of this, but you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. Run off into the ruin and do the whole rest of the game. Once you finish the game and come back, she's still there, and you're like, wait, what the? How long have I been gone for? And she's like, oh, you've gone for like four days or whatever it is in real time or whatever it is. And it's like, but who? So who? Wait, you knew about all this stuff that was happening. Like, who the fuck are you? And you have this conversation at her. <laughs> You, you you start to figure something out and then her eyes go red and you're like oh no no no, no. i'm karen c-h-a-r-o-n who is taking Aaron, you yeah. on the river to the afterlife and it was just this fucking mind-blowing like wait not only did you make the karen joke at the start you've taken the karen joke and done a better thing yeah. with the Karen jo- it was, a better a better bait and twist though. oh yeah. it was so good like oh C-H-A-R-O-N fantastic and it was right there like staring in the face the whole time it just didn't click um, but yeah Forgotten City is I think that's also on Game Pass it's well worth like a run through of that thing to see what yeah, they've done yeah 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 um, yeah and I think that was everything I everything else I had on here I so I'll very very some very very quick shout outs um operation tango that that oh god yeah right yeah co-op game we played really really fun yep uh really silly but it does co-op stuff really well and yep. it's it's cool that you've got this like asynchronous co-op thing i really enjoyed that we do need to go and play the dlc for that yes we need really, to go really cool. yep for sure um special shout out to knockout city i yeah. played way more of knockout city <laughs> than i should have done uh, the game is it, it's actually legitimately really fun it's that really crazy dodgeball game from ea yep um has a really like silly cartoony look has an amazing soundtrack for like no reason and yep. is it's, it's mechanically actually quite dense and interesting uh yeah i played so much knockout city when i didn't intend to so it was a special shout out to knockout city because sure. christ that game 
um, Guilty Gear Strive. I didn't oh, yeah. play as much Strive as I meant to, but God, that game. If we were actually doing categories and we were talking about best looking, there yeah, is that no way that any other game could compete with that thing. Spectacular, yeah, because it looks unbelievably good, and the soundtrack is just like so mid two thousands wrestling that it like it it hits that part of my brain so well. It's all crazy overdriven guitars and dumb lyrics and oh it's brilliant i love yep the, the, the everything that's trying and like watching it is really fun it's a really good game to sit and watch uh yes totally yeah really, I, really cool I, I watched a good few bits of strive this year and it's like man this um, thing is... last one is uh boomerang x didn't quite make it i mm. was so, so close that game is like it's everything i love about people who design really good movement in video games yep where it is, it's, it's super precise and really reactive to what you're doing and it's really fun to just sit and fly through levels but you still feel like you have a lot of control. Yeah. Like it is, it's so, so good. Boomerang X is just so much fun to just sit and play through and it's got like, it's it got a really unique style yeah, and there's like does. a cool story I didn't expect under it. It's, yeah, really, really, really great little thing. But yeah, um, that's really quick shout outs I had to have for some stuff. The last two I'll also mention, um... Signal State, which is like the most you and ass game on this list, but is like, hey, what if we took a Zactronics game and made it a modular synthesizer? Really yeah, good yeah. little concise puzzle I wa- game. I, I watched someone play that for like an hour and was like, there's no way you and isn't already over this. And I messaged you and you were like, yeah. oh yeah, I've got it downloaded. So yeah. I mean, one, one of the reasons, I, I mean, I'd, I'd played the demo back during one of the Steam demo festivals and was like, yeah, I need to pay attention to this. This is cool. Uh, the only thing, like, it didn't make it my list, like, for a couple of reasons, but like, one of the main ones is like, some of the later stages on that thing were like actually broken like some of the some of the modules didn't work the way they were they were documented they were supposed to have worked so it made solving those puzzles kind of like not great um but yeah that yeah that game's that game's very cool and also just like because yeah. i think it got overlooked a lot this year what the dub has been a real savior for a bunch of me and my friends this year like uh it is a spectacular spin on the Jackbox formula, which is just like that. Just uh, it's it's such a it it is such a smart idea. It's kind of shocking nobody had come up with it before because you've got all of this. Is that is that the thing that uses like the royalty free movie thing? Yeah, like, like the old write, like yeah, black yeah. and white C movies, and then you write you fill in the gaps in the dialogue. Like it's so much fun. It is consistently funny it, it it does the right amount of like helping because it, it is a like I think a, a bunch of us are very lucky that like we can write funny and it kind of works but I know a lot of people who are not who can't who are not as good at that right so like Jackbox does the thing yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. hey if you actually can't think of anything hit this button and we'll generate stuff for you like what the dub feels it, it, it helps you I mean, there's no mechanic for helping you, but the way that it's put together does mean that you can write a bunch of stuff. And even if it's not funny on its own, the way it gets integrated into the footage and the fact that you get sound effects and the fact that it's text-to-speech that works and can swear, like, you can can definitely participate more than, like, if you have a bad round of Jackbox. Um, Just what the dub... We played a lot of that this year when we couldn't do D&D with my D&D group, and it was just... 
it's just so good. It's just such a good thing. And like, yeah, of course, they yeah. they patched it a, uh, like a month ago and added like a hundred new clips and stuff like that into it. Like they're they're continuing to support it as well. It's it's super good. Um, cool. Yeah. Um, so we'll take one more break and then we'll wrap this up with probably some music, some stuff that was actually super disappointing, and yeah. we'll leave it there. Probably. Yep. Cool. Back in a second. Okay, let's get back into the the last part of our our discussion. Um, one of the reasons for me that I think we I wanted to do like our non traditional discussion was that actually like my most disappointing list was larger than it's ever been before. Yeah, this yeah. year there was a lot of stuff that I'd been looking forward to that just didn't pan out for whatever reason. Um, so like the biggest one for me was uh, the medium really really oh, just, yeah. i was so sad at that thing like a game that came from bloober team a game like with some pedigree in the genre with who had got akira mocha to sign on for the music which had was the closest thing we'd seen to somebody going fuck it let's make our own silent hill and just totally missing the mark like yeah it's not only is it like not only does it not really understand what makes silent hill silent hill like the stuff they added to it like the the chase sequences in that game are fucking terrible like the story just doesn't the story's kind of incomprehensible well it's not incomprehensible Mm. it's like both too simple and like not simple enough at the same time where like the last like couple hours of that game are just like a bunch of stuff happens and you're like okay like was this supposed to be a bigger deal than it actually was and and all that kind of stuff it was just it sucked it was just it was so it made me so sad Mm. and then especially like because at the end of the year uh, there was a project i've been following for a while called um post-trauma put out their their demo or like their kind of like teaser thing of like here's the kind of thing we're going for and they have fucking nailed Silent Hill. Like they've oh, got yeah, it. Yeah. Like they've done the thing. Um, both in tone and look and just atmosphere. It's like it is so it is doable. I think that's the thing. Like my worry was gonna be that like we're just never gonna see one of those games again, because like that team could make those games. It's like, no, yeah. you can do it. You just really need to understand. So what, yeah, the the yeah. doing it doing a Silent Hill game is difficult because you really need to understand what made silent hell work and yes. that's there's a lot to that, that and, a, and a lot of the problems with it actually came from like the arc of how horror games have gone where like you look at like i, I think that the change for me was kind of like when when amnesia came out because amnesia came out around the same time as like when twitch streaming started getting like amnesia oh, well, was, yeah, yeah, the, yeah amnesia was one of the first games that like you would see twitch streamers or youtubers put on to get like the screen reaction shots and yeah, stuff like yeah, that yeah and you're like once people start seeing that and like a lot of games got big because twitch streamers like pewdiepie would be playing it or whatever it is and like it made sense for you to make game like i don't begrudge anyone making those games right because like it's a good way to get your game out there if it's a game that that lends itself to that genre of stuff but that's not yeah, sure. that's not what silent hill has ever been right silent hill is silent hill's the the, the reason i love that game so much in a genre that i don't like playing a lot of other games in is because it's not jump scares it's not that kind of thing it's this psychological dread 
yeah. thing that really re- that I react much better to than just like shitty jump scares. Um, and the medium just didn't do that. Like it was kind of gross and kind of a little bit like, yeah, that's a bit creepy, sure. And like, but you're doing mm-hmm. like, hey, you're doing like ghost girl who pushes toys around in weird ways. And you're like, okay, fine. And then you're like, you're being chased by a giant monster, which looks cool, but like, Silent Hill doesn't have chase sequences like what like failable, repeatable chase sequences like fail state chase sequences and you're like what the f- no, um and then you get something like post trauma which is like no this is just like thick layer of dread throughout this whole thing and it knows when to be quiet it knows when to have distance it knows when to just like fucking make you uncomfortable in like the best possible ways it was just like yeah it was just it's it can be done you just need to really understand it and the medium just missed yeah. it so wildly um cruelty squad was another one which felt like it was going to be like designed for me and just i couldn't cruelty squad's that that like horrendous looking shooter which is like has theoretically has some stealth mechanics but is mainly just like a shooter that is just like weird and gross and doesn't look right and sounds terrible and it's like like i get what they're going for aesthetically like i understand the aesthetics i appreciate the aesthetics but like the game part of it is just not good and like Mm -hmm. you need to for that type of game you need to either have both of those things fucking nailed or choose one or the other and this tried to do it all and just didn't just didn't get it And it, and i kept seeing people that i like follow and take recommendations from on the internet going like oh Cruel Squad's fucking amazing I'm like I just don't it's just not fun to play and you it doesn't do enough of the aesthetic stuff to like especially in, again especially in a year where I played Broken Reality which is like not much of a game but is all aesthetic and design and, and atmosphere that's like it fucking nails all of that and that's great and it doesn't need to have the game part of it Cruelty Squad tried to also be a game and it just fucking failed for me um well, so Recompile was another one that was just kind of personally really not really sad because it's like it's a game I'd followed for a long time. It was like one of the first games that I f- actively followed on Twitter like a long time ago to be like, this yeah. thing looks awesome and I'm specifically following this Twitter account to see it progress and continue to see it progress over the years. It was super cool and like followed the developer or like the lead developer and like seems like a super cool guy and obviously has a great love for the thing he does. But then the thing came out, it was just like it's just not it doesn't do enough in the genre it's trying to be it hasn't it doesn't give you i mean we talked about it in the podcast i'm not going to go through it again but like if you're going to make as like a metroidvania style game you need to have a map that works or else that thing is just frustrating yes, yeah and it's like it just doesn't have a map that works for sure and, like, yeah. and it wasn't yeah it was like, listen to the episode where we talk about that to, to, to hear my problems with it but it was like it was just really disappointing um yeah, twelve minutes wasn't disappointing. It was just fucking bad. I think it was just. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Right, twelve minutes was at least twelve minutes had a lot of potential to be interesting. Where it was yes. like, it was a cool idea. It had really famous actors behind it. Like it, it theoretically could have worked. Like the closest thing we've ever had to like a one set play in video games, right? Where it's yeah, like a super yeah, constrained like environment. A, really, a really small narrative game with like an interesting idea and yep. like famous actors and stuff. And you're like, it's great. But then like all of it falls apart. Like the second you try and interact with it, where like the game doesn't 
play well. No. The voice acting's not particularly that good. Yep. And the story's fucking insane to the point of being actually, like, not offensive, but like... But fucked up. Like, that. that is a... Fucked up in a, in a pretty bad way. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's just it's it, it it was disappointing to go to a thing that was like we saw it on E3s like multiple times, being like, man, that game could be really cool. Like that's I really like the idea behind that to it falling on its face so dramatically. Is, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, that thing is. Yeah, again, like real sales pitch for for Game Pass, where I was like, this is bad, but I'm gonna see see it Didn't through. Pay for it, so yeah, yeah. Just to, to but like to, it, but it yeah. it also shows that like it's not. I don't know what happened, but it's not the fact that like, oh yeah, it's famous actors doing a video game, so it's bad. Like you, like Artful Escape has like famous people in yeah. it and has done amazingly well. Game. It was I just yeah, I just don't know how they managed to get like James McAvoy, Daisy Daisy Ridley, and stuff like that, and get them to be that flat. Like it's yep. just not well acted. It's oh. it's unbelievable. And I mean also as well like it. F- <sighs> It was the the other reason I'm excited about it was like once I had read like oh it's like a traditional ass point and click game like I fucking love a good traditional point and click game yeah 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 but yeah. they don't they have not seen what point and click games have become since Monkey Island right where like mm. every game like all of the the jet the the wadget eye games and stuff like that like I've taken the the genre and taken it to like have improved it to the point where it, it has a lot of the ethos of those old games, but makes it playable or makes like design decisions that let you actually do interesting stuff with that format. 12 minutes has like, there is no hint system. The time loop mechanic makes you actively play through the same shit again with no, um, like no skipping really. Yeah. Um, you don't get, like it doesn't let you it doesn't even let you uh like try st- it doesn't let you experiment in any way because if you expect because the timer is always running you can't experiment in the same way you would with a game like that where you're going to try a bunch of stuff and see what works like you yeah, get to try yeah, a couple yeah. of things it's like cool now we're going to punish you by making you watch the same two minutes again i just like it just it, it feels it feels like they came to the point where they're like, what is the game part of this story that we've written? Cool, let's make it a point-and-click yeah. game. Rather than going yeah. like, let's make a cool point-and-click game. It's just, it's, yeah, it was just, it was so wild. Um, Road 96 wasn't disappointing. It was a cool thing that it did. It's just like, parts of it felt, it felt like it, the core idea overtook what it could be, where the whole sales pitch was like, Hey, it's a it's a procedural narrative game, but like, which is a cool idea, but once you actually try and implement a procedural narrative game, you're like, well, there are decisions that have to, there are things that have to be done because it's procedural that actively affect the fact it's a narrative game. Yeah. Where like, yeah, yeah. cause stuff can be in any order. You're like, okay, this is the point in the conversation with these people where you're like, you can ask a bunch of questions to know them about the know their know more about their character and it's like it's the same lead up every time and because you don't know when you could have met them or what you could have seen there are multiple situations in there during my playthrough was like you shouldn't know that there's no way you no, should know yeah. that based on this thing and then when you actually get through it and the overarching story finishes and you're like the the, the whole like exactly the thing that it says is leading up to happens and you're like cool 
So how does that affect all the characters? And it's like credits. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah. it just ends. It just doesn't, yeah. Oh, okay. And you don't even have to have seen all of the characters' full, other characters' full stories to get the ending. So it's like, okay, you're done. You're like, really? Can I go back and see more of that stuff? It's like, yes, if you start the game again. You're like, nope, I'm good. Thank you. It's just, it was just like, it, it had a lot of potential that felt like it needed more work and more thought to be able to really capitalize on. Um, so it was a little bit disappointing like that. Um, okay, here's a question. Mm. Is Deathloop worth talking about here? Because it's disappointing? It, maybe disappointing is not. The wrong, maybe disappointing is the wrong term. I have not finished that game not and either. don't have a lot of compulsion to go back and play it more and I'm surprised by that. <laughs> like that felt like a a game yeah. that we would have um, like inhaled and it just didn't it just stopped. I, I don't I don't quite know why is the I, thing. Yeah, I, th- this is this is why the, it felt weird to talk about because like I don't I actively do want to play it. Yeah. I just never it just never gra- it never occurs to me to just do it. Like it, I don't know what it is. So I mean, I but, I, de- I definitely took a day over the Christmas break. It was like, cool. I'm going to spend a day playing through the rest of Deathloop, and I just like, it's got to the point. Where it was like, I don't like. I'm just not the amount of investment I need to make now to get these little minor story progressions, and then like hearing multiple people having not looked up what it is, but having multiple people say the story twist in this thing is fucking terrible. I, right, I'm okay. like uh, okay fine like I will get to it I want to see that thing through I want to see how they they implement like the final run you know yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I want to see what happens when you do the thing like I want to see how totally. that works like it's yeah. yeah um but yeah so but yeah that's kind of all that um we like talking about music on this website mm-hmm. so what was your what was your big soundtrack moments from the year oh god um well death's door was a big one yes um that was was good there's just very really varied and like specific like but a lot of it is very much my like folk level mind of like there's a lot of like acoustic guitars and like flutes and stuff it is amazingly well-crafted soundtrack uh it's by the same guy that the titan soul soundtrack i can't actually remember his name right now Uh, i will look i will look it up and give him credit but yeah, very, very, very good. David Fenn, that's his name. David ah, Fenn. cool. Excellent, 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 excellent soundtrack. Um, really good music to kind of just have on in the background. It's like really good sure. ambient music. Um, did that a lot. Um, Delta Rune Chapter Two. Uh, didn't play it because I've not played like Delta Rune or anything like that. But I watched the whole thing getting played, and yeah, that's just like more Toby Fox being good at his job. Sure, like, that's. Yep. makes really really good music Toby um, Fox presents Deltarune chapter 2 yeah yeah like if you get if, like to me like Deltarune and like Undertale and stuff like that is like here is Toby Fox making another album and then there's also a video game attached to it <laughs> sure okay play. yeah, like, yeah that's yeah. it it's just it to be like oh sure this guy gets to make more music and then yeah Excellent. It's, it's all great um Endwalker's got some really really good songs in it um I, I wondered that, I wondered if you just put it in there for that fucking rock track you sent me that's in there oh no so the the, the main theme is really good yeah they yeah. like the weird pop punk main yeah. theme that they've got yeah it's really good there was that power ballad that you sat and listened yep. to while i was queuing for that one fight yep. um 
the main cities have got really good theme. Like Char- I sent you the the night version of the Charlia theme. That's also very me. It's like very acoustic guitar mm. ambient sort of thing. Very great. Uh, Razat Han has this. It, Razat Han's like supposed to be like India Middle East sort of inspired thing, and it has this amazing amazing theme song that is so fucking crazy i need to let you listen to it but sure. it's great um yeah got some really really good tunes uh the last song in the raid series is also really good mm-hmm. um get like your strive fucking is it is it, so brilliant like do you like it, japanese power metal here you, do you go do you do you remember like really like like mid-2000s wrestling and like also japanese power songs because it's just that like together it's just like songs that make it sound like buff dudes are fighting but also really weird translated japanese lyrics and oh it's brilliant it's so good like i i had a a thing with people in my final fantasy guild where we were like let's all make a tier list of the character themes in guilty gear strive and then compare them and we were all so wildly different that it was (laughs) unbelievable um, it was entirely just being based on like what do you think is good and excellent. Yeah. The the one that really stands out for a lot of people is um, May's theme because mm. that is like super bright, bubbly pop song about this girl that throws dolphins at you, and it it's so counter to everything else that's on that soundtrack. Um, yeah, it was crazy. Strive's got some amazing tracks in there. <laughs> uh, the other, the last one is um, is Knockout City, like I talked about before. Yeah, I like, need to listen to the soundtrack for this. I didn't pick up on that. It, it's fucking crazy. It's like, what if we took some... It, it's like taking like the ideas of Hideki Naganuma mm. and instead of twisting it to be more like electronic and punky, we lent more into the weird, jazzy like side of it and then brought in like some edm and it it is so it is it, unbelievable what that thing has as a soundtrack and it's as good <laughs> as it is like i i played it so much and then listened to a lot of this it's, it's brilliant it is so cool and it is like right in the sort of like stuff that i like listening to where it's this like massive overlap of a bunch of different genres that i really like yep. it was yeah it was just bizarre to sit and listen to yeah this is some some good highlights does it um i really like the act one music for encryption inscription as well like specifically like the other ones didn't really stand out as much but like that one specifically was like okay yeah there's some cool stuff in here and like a lot of subtle a lot of subtle like glitchy work happening in the back of that as well which was which was really cool um life strange did another great life strange soundtrack like a lot of really cool licensed stuff that i need to go find and 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 see um it's people on Spotify doing the work of putting that playlist together already, which is excellent. Ah, that's what they do. Yeah, yeah it's great. Um, Road Night Six has a really good soundtrack as well. Like, it's a varied soundtrack as well. Like, I, I was mainly there for Toxic Avenger because I just love that stuff. But like, a lot of the acoustic tracks are really good. There's a really good, um, again, a lot of variety in there that, that's super cool. Um, An Artful Escape, like, the music is a big part of that game, but also like a lot yeah. of the music in there is a style of music that i don't actively listen to but they made it mm. the the presentation of it is so cool and even the even the folk stuff that they are so adamant they're against is actually really good as well like it's got oh yeah, yeah the 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 opening cutscene where yeah. it's uh it's quite clearly 
oh, what's his name? Francis's uncle was it Johnny? Is that his name? Uh, yes. Yeah, as is one of his tracks, and you're like, you you get it, you get it, it's Bob Dylan, like you understand that that's what they're going for. Yeah. But then it's still you hear it, and you're like, oh no, it's actually they've actually written like a really good folk song, yes. like randomly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll also say very quickly, just, I didn't write it in the list, but um, Guardians soundtrack is really good. It's got like all of the big. 80s hits that you would expect and he uses them in really yeah. interesting ways like the yeah, yeah, yeah. the huddle mechanic um where it's like i keep hearing about the huddle and it being very yeah, good so it, it's basically like it's a little like dialogue mini game that if you if you do it successfully like um star lord hits his um walkman and it plays a random 80s track from the thing while you're finishing the fight and it's like yeah like finishing it to take on me was was a really good moment from does the last it have, uh does it have the touch on it does it have the touch? I think it has the touch, yes. Um, better have the touch. But also specifically, like, the 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 new music that they've written for Star-Lord, the band that he got his name from... Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. ...is, like, so spot-on in terms of, like, cultural underpinning. And also, like, it's just solid, good shit. Like, it's... it's it, it There was definitely a couple of moments where you look it up and you're like, oh, that's, that's not a period piece that is something they've written no, for somebody's this game. written that yeah. that's excellent yeah that was a great yeah super good super good thing um and yeah just like some some other like yeah some some just weird moments from the year like uh game pass is excellent it is a fantastic yep. deal mm-hmm. for what it is and i've experienced a lot more games on there that and it's easier to recommend games as well where you're like you've got game pass like just try the first it's hour there. and see what you yeah. like. But two things that were not great about it for me was that one, the Xbox app, Microsoft Store experience is an absolute fucking travesty. Like it is Yes. It feels illegal that it's that as bad as it is. Like downloading downloading a Microsoft game on Windows is so fucking difficult. Yeah. It, it's unbelievable so, i don't know how they keep getting away with it it's... i can't remember if we t- if i talked about this podcast or not but we were uh, a bunch of us were playing the ascent um on game pass and the ascent for people who are following it this year was fucking broken f- at launch yeah. like in terms of the multiplayer anyway <clears throat> excuse me um but the first patch was supposed to fix all the co-op problems we were having Turns out the problems we were having was actually to do with one guy's machine setup and nothing to do with the game, but that's a whole other story. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, um, so we were waiting on this patch, and I got the tweet came through that was like, hey, patch is now live on the Xbox store. I'll also say the, the problem with there being like Game Pass and Steam now as the two big platforms that are there, like the difference in patch delivery times between the two is insane. We're like they will say, hey, our patch is going through cert for Steam and like 24 hours later it'll be, they'll say it's live. The Game Pass patch for the Ascent took a week and a half to get cleared through cert. Jesus. And it's insane. So we got the tweet that says, hey, the patch is out. We, um, as soon as I saw that, I booted up the um, the Xbox app, not, couldn't figure out how to trigger a patch, could not figure out what I needed to do to trigger a patch. <sighs> I was like, okay. Which one of the three apps is it that you need to yeah. open? So to I, get? So I yeah. booted up the game and it like it, it booted the game up and then the game was like, hey, you need to patch and close the game. And I was like, yeah. okay, tell me how to patch then. And then you Google around nah. and it's like, oh no, no, you need to open up the Microsoft Store app, which is a yes. different app. Then go to yes. your like library 
And once you yeah, go to the library, my, you're my apps bit. Yeah, and then once the, you go into that, which what, yeah. which also moved halfway through the year, which was fun. Yeah, um, but they updated it and said it was better. Yeah, it's not. they moved it. Yeah. So then you go into my library and it goes, "Hey, there's a patch to the ascent. You should go back to the Xbox app to trigger this download." And I'm just like, <laughs> "This is a night. How does anyone do this?" I don't know um, how any of this gets cleared. Like, is we yeah. had, uh, we were playing. Uh, we'd start playing through Halo. No, not Halo. Um, we'd start playing through uh, Gears Five uh, as well because that was on Game Pass. Mm, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Hey, we'll play through Gears, pa- Gears Five, and our first game worked fine. The second time we tried to get back into a session, we all booted up the game and was like, "Hey, your version doesn't match the server version." It's like, okay, so there's a patch. We know how to do patches now. Open up the Microsoft Store. And it was like, oh no, there's no patch for this game. I'm like, so what the fuck do we do? Turns out you go on Twitter and it's like, hey, there's like a 24-hour period where like, they will update the client for the Game Pass version where the server will update, but the client hasn't triggered that there's a patch yet. So you just can't play it for 24 hours. And you're like, yeah. what? This is a Gears game! This is a Gears game on an Xbox app that doesn't work. Like, what the fuck is actually happening? Scares a fucking war. It was wild. And then, like, Halo fucked up for us, for me, at least. Um, It was just such a bad experience. So then I was like, okay, I assume as well that they're like, hey, this log got fixed by Windows 11. And then Windows 11 just broke. Like, so as, as somebody who's doing a bunch of music stuff, I was waiting for a bunch of music youtubers and stuff that i follow to be like hey what's windows 11 like for music software turns out it's broken all of it like there's of a guy is, yeah a guy i follow got uh upgraded his machine had to get a pre-built because you can't purchase hardware in 2021 at all so i had to get a pre-built pre-built comes with windows 11 and installed all his shit on it and it was like none of this fucking works like none of it works and it's like so he had to wipe the whole pre-build reinstall windows 10 to get up to get back to work to do his job and it's just like oh it's such a nightmare um but yeah the other part of the the game pass thing that really got me as well is like people had talked about this when game pass started becoming when people started realizing game pass was actually really good value is that like the traditional delineations we have for video games on price we're like, because we, we do it all the time on the podcast and stuff like that. You're like, hey, it's a cool game, and it's like it's like a 15 quid game, so that should set some scope as to what this game is. Or like, hey, this is a full sixty dollar game, so that should set some expectations as to what it is. So when Halo Infinite came out on Game Pass, um, and I started playing it, and I was like, I don't think this is very good. Or like, it's more Halo, which is mm. a thing that this, like if you like. Yeah. Halo, this is a Halo ass video game. This is the year that this is the this is the the release that affirmed the fact that I think Halo is bad. Yeah. Like, so I because like we we played Reach and yeah. One together. Yes. And I've Re- played Reach two is the one that people well. say, and I'd also played like two at some point, but like, um, people keep saying that Reach is like one of the best ones and stuff like that. So we did that, and I played a bunch of Halo Infinite multiplayer. Mm. I don't get it. Nope. I, I just don't get it. I think that game is bad. Like, the shooting is bad. It I pl- is a I bad played, shooter. I did the single player stuff. I got to the open world, quote unquote, open world part of it. And it's like. Do you remember when we talked about. Um, oh God, what was that game where we had this conversation where it was like, it feels like they've just ignored all of the other developments in this genre 
until this game came out. Like Gear, oh, Gears sure. is kind of one of it, which is like, it just feels, it feels like, it feels like five years ago they were like, hey, these Ubisoft games are cool. We should do one of them for Halo, or that's the direction we should take Halo, which is not a terrible decision, right? Sure. But then. Yeah they basically sealed themselves off for the world for five years and then came back and was like, hey, look, we made a Ubisoft game in Halo. And you're like, yeah, you made a five-year-old Ubisoft. Like, yeah, Ubisoft games have got better old video game. since then. And it's like, you cannot just have an open world with a bunch of icons on it that's like, here, take over this outpost. And it's like, literally like, here's an outpost, here's a tower, here's like a secret thing, yeah, here's yeah. a kismet. And it's just like, it's just not, and it doesn't, it doesn't look good it's just not yeah. like so all of this stuff stacked up where i was like i played like four or five hours of that game and i was like i'm good like i'm just not into this yeah. but then i so i uninstalled it from from game pass and i was just like because that is that game available on steam i think that game's available yeah. on steam right is it yeah, full price yeah. i think so yeah halo infinite steam steam not stream steam um because Steam for forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, the campaign is forty nine ninety nine. Yep. So it's a full price, mm-hmm. fifty quid game. Yes. I the existential crisis this game gave me was that how much, how many games have I gone through where because it's a sixty quid game, I've persevered with a game I did not like, right? Oh, like, right. Okay. Like sure. how much of the investment of like, well, I paid for this thing, I should go through and. I should finish it, right? I should see it all. Whereas when you get something like Halo Infinite, which is like theoretically a full price, real ass AAA video game, yeah, and you're just like, this is not good, and just bombing out of it. But also because that's now the that's now an option, especially if you're Microsoft and you control Game Pass, you now have the option to make games of indeterminate budget with different names and just put them on Game Pass. And you don't have the same level of like, what should I expect from this game? Like it basically eliminates the entire like price conversation, right? Like, is this game worth 60 quid? Yes, no. Just goes away, right? If you've got Game Pass. So then you're looking at it going like, so what does this mean? Does this mean that like, yes, we can play more games, but like, I'm sure we had the conversation at some point about like, does Game Pass change how people design games, right? Does... Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Because you you... You see a lot of games come out in Game Pass, uh, like we played through. Um, God, what was that game? Uh, Zombie Army, right? Was one of the games we, we got mm. through Game Pass. It was like, yeah, this is a fun sure. thing for us to fuck around with. But it's like, all that game is. All the cosmetics and DLC stuff for that game is all for pay and is not free on Game Pass. So you're like, are we going to see more AAA stuff? Or like. I don't mean AAA in terms of quality, I mean AAA as in like Source Studios being like. Yes we're going to do like the chunk of it that is game pass and put a bunch more of it behind we're now going back to the like is the dlc on the disc question right mm-hmm. of like are we doing like here's the free part of the game but if you want the rest of the game you have to pay for it does it change how games are designed where it's like halo infinite feels like a smaller budget game but it's a halo game on a microsoft platform that says yes. halo and you're just like what does the any of this like our usual yardsticks are just now gone and it's it's going to be interesting to see how the larger games navigate this world in which game pass exists right and is a, is a thing and theoretically yeah. like 
Sony, the rumors are Sony are doing their own thing that's kind of like Game Pass, and you're like, okay, how does this affect? Like theoretically, from from all of the 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 conversations I've heard anyway, Game Pass is a good deal for developers. Like it, it like not in the same way as like the EGS leak from from this year, which is like here's the amount of money that epic paid for various games yeah, they gave away that free big, that big spreadsheet yeah. yeah like you should go back and listen to the, the podcast episode we did on that um but like egs is not a good deal for developers like the amount of money they get back no, no, as compared no. to sales is just not great it sounds like from what people are saying game pass is a really good deal because it's where microsoft are putting their money because they understand the retention possibilities of 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 game pass so like if it gets more people to play more games of a smaller size because it's a good deal for developers to actually just go do that, that's great. But in terms of like your bigger games, why, how does that affect that stuff where you're like, like there's never going to be a Call of Duty on Game Pass, right? It, that, no. Because that, that game is... Des- that game needs to sell, but yeah. That game needs to sell and that game is physically designed to be a $60 thing that you buy once a year like a sports game is, right? Yeah. Um it's just going to be super interesting and kind of it, it, it rejigged a bunch of expectations in my head for large games that are coming out in Game Pass, especially for Microsoft. Um, yeah, it was just, it was a weird, it's a weird thing. Yeah. And then like, um, the last thing as well, like just, just uh, at New Year, um, we had the second big development, uh, second big game dev saying, yeah, we're investigating NFTs, like seriously. Yep. Um, yeah. where Squeenix have said like yeah we're going to do some NFT games after Ubisoft doing their thing which became what, their was it the most, with... their like most downvoted yep video ever or something like that yeah and their, like, their ghost recon thing that yeah and uh, this is like ended up not going anywhere yeah like completely unnecessary especially in video games especially in video games where DLC cosmetics have been a thing for a while that we've kind of just normalized and been like you're either part of it you're not or you kind of understand it or 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 like you either inter- interact with that system or you don't and that's up to you and that's fine yeah yeah um we're now like and now they're nfts and it's like i mean you don't need nfts to be able to do the thing that you've been doing for 10 years at this point like i, I saw nope. a tweet i saw a tweet today that was like um people need to stop comparing the nft thing to the horse armor debacle from however long ago it was because horse armor was a from the, the start of the early days of DLC. exactly like like the same things like it's a, it is a different thing because like one the model itself is different where like yeah you can pay money and get horse armor and like it's dumb but like you can make that call yourself and also horse armor doesn't destroy large parts of the amazon every time you buy one right it's it's right. like there, there is a different conversation and my worry is that developers are going to pitch it as it's like cooler cosmetic DLC and it's like it's, yeah. it's just not like it is but the architecture they put around it is just not yeah there's way more to it than just saying that yeah. and it's yeah. it's just it's yeah I, I hope the, the thing that's getting me about a lot of the NFT stuff but specifically the NFT stuff in games is like there's been such a giant pushback from the community on it but yeah. people are still doing it. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah. And it's like that, which that should be the thing where people go, Oh, it's like, okay, fine. We fucked up. We'll not do it. It's all right. Don't worry about it. Um, 
they're still trying it, and every company is still too much to money. Try it. Too much money in it, to not but like it's it, not it? right. It's, it's it's fake money, but like it's, it's fake yeah. money, and also it's it's this the 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 NFT like getting early mentality appears to have just infected everyone who's in yeah. this kind of business, right? Where it's like, well, you need to get in now because you know the metaverse is coming, and you'll need to be ready for this stuff. And it's like, one, no, you don't, <laughs> and it's like none of it's it's just such a it the 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 staying power of of nfts is terrifying to me honestly yes. like it's one of the yeah. like you see a lot of these technologies come and go and like startups will do this kind of shit but like the fact that there's such unanimous among your normal people such unanimous rejection of this idea and people are still doing yeah. it is scary yeah. um but yeah, we'll see. And I mean, like even the Kickstarter oh, one, yeah. the Kickstarter one was the big one for me that was like, oh, this is not going away. Like that was the moment yeah, where I was yeah. like, we're going to have to live with this. Like this is, <laughs> COVID and NFTs are going to be around for a while. Um, yeah, sadly. Yeah. yeah. Like Kickstarter going, hey, we're doing this thing. Their entire, basically entire user base who provides all of their funds being like, we don't want this. We don't need this. Please don't do this. And then them coming out and going, we think this is best for our community, despite the fact the community has said "fuck you." Is yeah, just universally like, saying no. Yeah, yeah, like it's fucking wild. It really is. Um, uh, I would add, I would add in if we're talking about biggest fuck yous for gaming this year, like everything to do with Activision Blizzard. Like, oh yeah, like yes, like that entire. That's a giant fuck you. Like that's it was it was so massive, much bad stuff. But... but it was also like it was it was also the year where like unfortunately this is not the first year where we've had those kind of sadly yeah that yeah. that kind of thing has come to light but this was this felt like the first year where like a lot of the companies have gone mask off and have been like if we just don't talk about this it will go away right it seems to have worked yeah. for uh ubisoft like if you're not actively following the industry like i bet you've probably forgotten a bunch of the ubisoft stuff right like yeah that happened earlier yeah. in the year that was like this is fucking bad i mean specifically the only the 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 only reason that the Activision budget stuff is still there is because more stuff keeps getting found. Yeah. So it keeps coming up in the news cycle. I if mean, that also, happened with Ubisoft, you'd still be talking about it as well. I mean, but, also because yeah. the the Activision stuff is a like actual loss, like that has gone to courts, right? That is going to be yeah, that as well, a, yeah, yeah, actually yeah. legislated that they need to do something about, it. like a state sued them, right? That is a that's a as opposed to the Ubisoft stuff, which was a lot of like, <clears throat> which is a lot of like internal reports and journalism and investigative journalism and and like a lot of this stuff like i'm not i'm not saying it's not true i'm saying that like there's a weight that comes behind like no like the legal process is happening now yeah um that is gonna mean that that's gonna stay in the forefront and like you see the extent of the 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 activision blizzard stuff specifically like everything from like the the cosby room stuff from blizzard right up to like um Kotick was not only knew about all of this all the time, but also has his own allegations against him to deal with. Yeah. And you're like, that is... And still gets to keep his job and yeah. the board stand behind him. Exactly. And, yeah. Like, that's the real mask off moment for me, which is like, this company's going to still make money and they're still going to put out Call of Duty and they're still going to yeah. be fine. So, like, it is currently the graph of, like, how much is going to cost us to get rid of Kotick and how much money he's going to bring in in doing his job yeah what's that, that equation that yeah. graph does, has not crossed over yet and so he's going to stay like there's there's zero there's zero like 
morality to any of this is literally this no, of financial graph numbers, that is yeah. like once that crosses over he will be fucking gone immediately but until it gets there it's just not gonna it's just not gonna happen um yeah. like, and it's the thing about um like if you've been, i don't know if you've been following the, the the theranos trial stuff but like that was that that is actually to me kind of similar right where like the the theranos trial is only happening because investors sued them right like it's not yeah, about yeah, yeah. the people who got those fake blood tests who got f- results that were wrong that had health implications like none of that none of the 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 active people being harmed shit is the is the lawsuit it's the investors and people with capital got fucked so they're the ones that get sued and that's how it ends up in court like that's it's going to be the same thing right the moment that like investors in activision and stuff like that are like hey you need to not do this like that's the moment where i think it's going to change i think um but yeah it's it's watching the watching this thing spiral out into like every part of that company has just been yeah it's been unreal like it's been insane and it's all like going from like the allegations to like the the union busting to like right yeah this is is all just sort of like unravels the more that it keeps going on and it's all stuff that is just like yeah the and and like the 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 implication or the 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 ripple effect that it has on the industry i hope at any rate is that like people actually start unionizing like that would be great but yeah and again like this was also this was also the year that like um like Amazon got caught union busting as well when they, that yeah, first. Yeah, that as well. Yeah. Same, same like, company, but yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. But like the the idea that like they can do this out in the open and it's fine is just like yeah. like they're not even trying to hide it anymore. Like you watch all the statements that the Activision made and uh, during this whole thing, and they're just like it's the most like 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 completely no morality just not just we're going to say the pr line because that's the pr line we're going to say and like it doesn't actually matter what we say because it's not going to change any this is like just the the openness of like the fuck you is just terrifying really it is really kind of scary that like once you start seeing this stuff um but yeah i think that was i think that was everything i had on here um so we'll leave with stuff that's happening soon right so i think february is the big month february is the the the, the month yeah yeah um because that is dying like two theoretically <laughs> uh, yeah fucking who knows with that yeah game, like that just uh, sifu yes uh what was the other one there was something else as well which which queen, which queen? yeah that's the other one yes total, total war warhammer 3 as yeah. well as february which yeah. is really cool and elden ring if you care elden about ring. that but the, the interesting thing to me about elden ring is um it sounds like people have played chunks of that game like press yeah. and like yeah there was like an alpha that came out that was like four hours or six hours no even even on top of the network test like it sounds like people oh really are, okay there's a bunch of oh no yeah people have it like for review don't they I don't like, know if they've got review copies, but they've definitely got like a chunk of that game. A that, chunk of the game yeah. that you can see them very carefully. Like we can't. There are specific things we can't say about this, but we really want to talk about it. And it's like we've played yeah. a yeah. Um, there's a Guild Wars two expansion apparently in February. Yeah, and the and the dragons. It was the it was the one that almost made me go back and play more Guild Wars two because End the Dragons is set in Cantha, which is the. Oh. 
the realm that factions was set in, and that's where I like really seriously started playing Guild Wars. There's a lot of like memory of Bantha right. for me. Sure. But I probably I probably won't. There's too much Endwalker to play. Yeah, there's but... a lot of Endwalker to play. Um yeah. Yeah. Endwalker and Witch and Witch Queen come February, so that's yeah. a lot of on oh, um uh fucking Horizon is that month. Oh as yeah, well. Forgotten West, yeah. Forbidden, Forbidden West, Forbidden yeah, West. 18th as well. So yeah. But I mean, and again, like we, we kinda went through this last year as well, where there's gonna be stuff throughout the year that we don't know exists that's gonna yeah. become one of our for best sure. games of the year, for sure. Um, so I, I'm always interested. Although I, I, I don't know, I already know Seafood's coming out, and that's <laughs> sure. That's probably going to be high up there. Windjammers two is January. Just that's true. If um, I can, if I can trust the people that made Absolver to make a better one of that that isn't weird like Absolver was, that can be like yeah, re- real, real high up there. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, so there's stuff. So we'll be. We'll be playing some video games in 2022, um, and it feels like, and, and again, like, I, I'm sure everyone has said this, but I will just say it again for, for reference, like, the knock-on effects of COVID are still going to be effective in 2022. Like, stuff is going to get bumped, and it's going to, like, we are barely even starting to recover at this point in terms of, like, not just games, like, in just, like, hey, you still can't buy a fucking new PC this year because we're still recovering from the effects production effects of 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 covid so stuff's gonna get bumped again and we're gonna lose some games along the way yeah yeah. but um my hope again is for um on a positive note like again to briefly mention guardians like guardians was a really interesting thing this year as well because that game got announced at e3 or shown i mean it was rumored to have happened but like shown at e3 and then came out in October and has been pretty universally lauded. Like that feels yeah. like the that feels like the thing that we should be doing more of as an industry, right? Is like these short like announcement comes out style yeah. things rather than not like the, not the announce a game three years ahead. Yeah, of them, like we're not doing Starfield again, right? Like God knows when Starfield even is a thing, right? Or the um, fucking fucking Elder Scrolls Six is the big one. That game's not coming out until like twenty twenty. At least they were very, at least they, at least out the gate with Elder, Elder Scrolls Six. They were like, "This is a name. We're working on it. Stop asking." Yes, us. we're making an Elder Scrolls game. Right, the, like the least surprising thing ever. But like, we, yeah. I, I would like more things, which is like, "Oh, cool. This is a thing that I didn't know existed twenty four hours ago. Oh, it's out in four months. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. More of that would be quite good." I think. I, I think still my, my favourite thing that's been done has uh, has actually been Sifu where they came out with the announcement that they're releasing the game earlier than they intended to. Right. Yep. Like that's I again that I assume that was to get away from like Elden Ring and like like uh Destiny and stuff like that. But yeah. it takes a certain amount of confidence as a developer to be able to go like, nah, I think we can afford two weeks. Like we'll come at, we'll come back and like yeah. release it earlier. And like, a certain yeah, a certain cool. size of developer as well to be like if you're yeah, a, or, you're you a size you can't you can, do that as a big developer yeah, yeah exactly and again like the interesting thing about twenty twenty two is going to be like some of the 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 industry stuff that is that I feel like has changed right like what is what is e three this year right again we've got an interesting, oh god who knows yeah right like I mean like I don't know if you've been following the stuff about CES in January but they're like or or this month. Which is always like CES always happens in January, but they're like, "Yep, we are still running CES this year in person in Vegas, except Ugh. that 
Nvidia's not going to be there, Samsung's not going to be there, Sony's not going to be there. Like all of the companies have pulled out, but they're yeah. still they're still definitely running it. They're still doing it. Yeah. Samsung Samsung announced their their TV lineup for this year today, like two weeks a week before CES even starts. So like the ripple effects of people watching E3 not happen and the industry being fine might actually yeah, spread yeah. out more. Um, realize that you don't need these big you do not need yeah you don't need this anymore um i get i get that it's, it's good for the people in the industry because they like like getting together and networking and stuff to, that's like, fair and, enough and that'll still happen like yeah, even going back happens. to being like an actual business thing might be might be a thing which makes a lot of sense but for us as consumers and, and critics like we just don't e3 doesn't need to be the thing it was before right it just doesn't you can you can still do an interesting show and again like because of the e3 cycle every year that is how you end up with this we're announcing a game three years in advance right because you need to hit your e3 date to announce your thing to get the biggest hit whereas now you can be like i'll just i'll i'll put a trailer out in march which will get picked up and then it'll come out in august and it'll be all right um again like you look at the you look at the big games we've talked about like our favorite games of the year and you're like what like stuff that was like was early access for a couple of years and is now out um a game from a small studio a game that from a small studio that's free on game like the type of stuff that we're that is is rising to the, is rising to the top in years like this that is not big budget is not e3 trailer stuff it's like it's just it's cool it's good that you got that we've got that flexibility now and especially with stuff like the like the wholesome game streams and the future games streams and all this kind of stuff like groups are getting together going like yo enough of us have skills to cut 40 minute videos together pulling together a bunch of cool games why don't we just do that more often um this is it's yeah this is cool to see it's it's we're gonna get some some cool unexpected stuff this year and i'm looking forward yeah um cool we should wrap this up um yeah Thank you for what uh, listening, watching, however you're watching. consuming this, either on YouTube or, or um, via the podcast. Um, we are doing stuff on the website all year, so um, gameengine.com. Go check it out. Subscribe to whatever things are on there to to keep track of us. Um, I really hope we get to do something in person again soon. I really do. It would be um, cool. Yeah, it really would. But again, like the. I have used Discord and Parsec more this year than I ever have to do to share games and stuff like that. So like, yeah, more co-op stuff we can do using those tools or or whatever would be cool mm. as well. So mm. mm-hmm. so we'll see. I don't know. I opened. I I create over the Christmas break. I created a folder that says game engine start game engine start site v two. I have some things to check, but God. it's it's not going to go anywhere. But it'd be interesting to see um, now that we kind of know what we're doing. Um, but yeah that's us um thank you for listening stay safe and we will see you on our regular podcast in 2022 soon goodbye bye